Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Hi there. You know, you've heard the saying, I'm sure, that the older you get, the less sleep you need. Well, I'm afraid to say that's true because I get up at about four every morning. I just can't help myself. I can't sleep anymore. And so I creep upstairs as quietly as I can. I make myself a nice cup of tea and I sit down to watch the news while I drink my tea. Now, the South African news channels at that time of the morning are just repeats of the previous day. So I watch an international news station and I've been tracking the United States elections over the past several months. And I've been absolutely appalled on the amount of spinning and half-truths and innuendo and omissions and blatant flagrant bias has been utterly appalling. Jeremiah, the great prophet, had something to say to Israel about 2,600 years ago, which could equally be said to the United States in our day and to the Republic of South Africa, my country in our day, and I'm sure many other nations. And he said, say to them, This is the nation that has not obeyed the Lord its God or responded to correction. Truth has perished. It has vanished from their lips. Now tell me honestly, do you know what is true anymore when it comes to things like the news and political utterances and the social media? Because frankly, I don't. And it disappoints me to have to confess this. But I have to admit that I've become skeptical to the point of cynicism. And when it comes to most politicians, not all, most, and most news media, I have moved from the not easily convinced category way over towards the distrustful of human sincerity and integrity category. And that's just plain sad. You know, the Oxford Dictionary announced its word of the year for 2016. Do you know what it was? Post-truth. The word post-truth. And they defined post-truth as circumstances where objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. Hmm. That kind of sums it up. You know, my first exposure to one of the current post-words, uh, it was many, many years ago, and the word was post-modern. At first it started to relate and speak about just the last quarter of the 20th century, but it soon became have a much richer meaning, and most people understood that the word postmodern uh, was defined as uh, a, an area o- an era after the modern one, but where radical reappraisement and reevaluation of modern assumptions about culture and identity and religion and so on were taking place. So during this period, philosophers and even some church leaders and theologians sowed the poisonous seeds of what would later grow into a post-Christian worldview, the weeds of a post-Christian worldview. You see, for at least the last 20 years, there has been a definite shift away from the centrality of Christian beliefs and ethics in the political, economic and sociological arenas. And this erosion of the center has resulted in a loss of the primacy of the Christian worldview in political affairs in favor of outright secularism and nationalism. And the result is what some social commentators have labeled as a post-Christian worldview. During the 20th century, 
some church leaders even tried to save the Christian faith, rescue the Bible itself from what they thought was the scorn and derision that it would be subjected to by a scientific world. So they tried to de-supernaturalize it, take all the miracles out of it, make it a toothless dog that had no bark. People like Bishop Spong said and declared that he was on a, a crusade to save Christianity from those horrible fundamental doctrines of the faith. I even remember attending a faculty meeting in uh, the theological faculty of a large public university several years ago, where some of the professors were arguing for the attempt to try and align theology closely with the sciences. See, their belief was that if we can present Christianity and theology as a science, then the theological faculty could survive. But since when did Christianity become a science? Christianity has always been a word to describe the relationship with Jesus Christ, a supernatural relationship based on the biblical revelation of God in Christ Jesus. And then a few years after that came along the seeker-sensitive substitute for the gospel and the emergent church liberalism on the one hand and a warmed-up version of dominionism on the other, going under the label of New Apostolic Reformation. But from these postmodern seeds grew the weeds of relative truth and individualistic or group norms of belief and righteousness that we see around us today. If it's okay for the individual, it's true. If it's acceptable by a group, no matter how small or secular that group is, that's their truth. So it's really not hard to see how this would have grown into what is now termed post-truth. If truth is relative to circumstances, and if truth is subordinate to expediencies, the things that we think work and the things we think we need, then the lines between right and wrong, moral and immoral, true and false, become so faint that they all but disappear. Look how fake news has inundated the media in our countries of the world. How the internet and the social media are replete, full, overflowing with irrational and often mischievous announcements and new revelations. Gosh, for me the straw that broke the camel's back was when the American intelligence chiefs used uncorroborated information as part of their presidential briefings of the outgoing president and the incoming president. Uncorroborated. They hadn't checked out the facts, it was just we think so based on some things we've heard. So then the newspapers published that and the TV hosts discussed it with their panels and wheeled in their experts and the public believed it. Well, not all the public, fortunately. But you know, this morass of half-truth, untruth and misinformation has even extended its reach into the church. There's so much self-serving teaching abounding. So much God just wants you to feel happy about yourself. How about this, this thing about it's all about me? It has swamped through a lot of the Christian church. And there's so many strange, personal and secular little group interpretations of the scriptures doing their rounds. Now, standing in stark contrast to all of this is Jesus. The one who repeatedly said, I tell you the truth. The one who defined himself as the truth. Now, surely the only antidote to the post-truth poison of our times is a radical return to the primacy of Jesus to the centrality of his teachings, to a focus on his way, 
of his revelation of the nature, character and purpose of the God of truth. Moreover, I believe if we are to stem the dark tide of postmodern, post-truth, untruth, then we need to hold others to account. We are ambassadors of truth, are we not? So we should challenge our politicians and our news media and politely demand that they back up their claims and rumours with hard evidence and logical deductions. Hang, that used to be called good journalism just two decades ago. Now, one way that we can demonstrate, not just say, our dissatisfaction is by withdrawing our support. We can stop paying for fallacious news services. We can vote only for truthful politicians and their parties. And we can demand explanations when disinformation comes our way in whatever form it comes our way. More than all of this, though, we really need to recommit ourselves to speaking and living out the truth. And in this way, actually be people of the truth in a post-truth world. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, truth talks.